Hey everybody, it's Stephen from The Truth About Dyslexia. In today's episode, I've got an interview with Dan Edwards. I came across a post on LinkedIn by him when he had just found out that he had been well, he'd just been diagnosed with ADHD. And I think it's, you know, a lot of the listeners here, you know, have found out in the neurodiversity cocktail that they're a little bit dyslexic, they're a little bit ADHD, some have a bit of high functioning autism, depending what we're allowed to call it these days. Um, and plus a few other few other phrases you probably can't pronounce. Um, but I wanted to bring Dan on because he has experienced this so freshly. And I think so many people are either waiting to get officially diagnosed or maybe they've just been diagnosed and we've all had these different experiences. So today we're going to dive into it. So um, welcome to the podcast, Dan. Hi, Steve. Cheers for having me on. Oh, mate. It's so good to have you. And thank you for coming on. We we were just chatting before and it's, um, you know, because just remind me, when it was, was it October last year you got diagnosed or was it quite recent? Um, um, so... October last year is when this all started and um, I, I kind of began the journey of, of learning about ADHD and how it affects people and, you know, breaking through those stereotypes. I, I actually, um, it was, I think October in the UK is, is ADHD Awareness Month. Um, I'm not sure if that's if that's a global thing, but Jack Ellis um, was sharing some content on LinkedIn um, on behalf of NABS, which is a, uh, a charity in the UK, which helps uh, people, neuro, neurodiverse people, um, with help in the in the sort of media industry, and I just picked up on a few points that he raised, and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting. Like, these seem to be quite helpful." And by the end of the week, it was uh, it was like, "Right, I need to speak to my GP." Um, and yes, that started the 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 ball rolling, and then seven months later, uh, I was diagnosed. Yeah. Can, can you, can you, um, you know, going back to that time, do you remember what some of the points that really triggered you um, to think I might have ADHD? Yeah. I mean, the first ones were sort of, I mean, Jack done a really good job of kind of breaking them down um, because there's so many and the, 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 I think you, you, you learn to cope with so much that you don't even realize you're coping with uh, that you know cope you, when you describe coping mechanisms they sound like a lot of work but actually <laughs> you just build them you just build them on your on your own it's quite amazing actually so the the, the ones I, I i picked up on was sort of uh were tapping so like uh i bite my hands terribly and and these are all like these just sound like habits now well i used to think they were just habits and i was like do you know what? I've never ever been able to kick most of these. Um, they've always come back in some other form. Um, so yeah, ta it was tapping. <laughs> That's really yeah. where it started, and and then from that it was uh, yeah. I can't remember the exact content that he put out, but but yeah, it just, everything just kept adding up. Um, just piles up, right? I can't, yeah, it's funny you say that when. I sat down with a close friend who was looking at the work I did with dyslexia because I was diagnosed really early with dyslexia and late with ADHD. And, you know, I, I was, he said, oh, you're tapping your foot. Did you know that's a real ADHD trait? And it was like the whole conversation, we'd spoken for a whole hour on everything. And the only thing I could remember was this tapping thing. And that one trigger got me down the exact same pathway as you to start researching deeper and deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. 
And it's, it's remarkable, right? And, you know, you say routines, like we call them old solutions. You know, it's when, when you don't really have a label or an understanding, you kind of go, you create these solutions and our brains are so good at problem solving. We actually don't know the web that we've created to keep ourselves safe in this unsafe world. Right. Yeah. You, I think you're right. It's the, the tap, the tapping thing, like there's actually a, an early memory I have. And, and I've, I've always wondered my entire life. I've thought, why do I hold on to certain nuggets of me like of memories? Like why, why, you know, I forget a lot of stuff. So like, why do I remember these, core, why are these core memories? And one, one is getting told off in primary school for, for waiting for the teacher to mark my work. I'm standing next to her and I remember tapping my foot on, her le on the leg of her chair. And it hit in my leg. That wouldn't be acceptable now. But and saying stuff is so annoying. And it's just, and and the more that I, I've I've just been traveling through time since the diagnosis and and starting to pick out all all these common things. And a lot of them, a lot of the memories I have, are actually times where I've been called out or humiliated or um, you know they they I guess it's trauma. Um, but it's everything is is kind of explainable from a from a perspective of well that's a child suffering with ADHD and it's just like you, when you think back to it it's 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 quite it's quite difficult to to you you think about yourself as a child and and you think oh I just want to give that little dude a hug <laughs> do you know what I mean like and and it's mad how that how that comes full circle then to a thirty two year old man who still still has that in his mind and and yeah the link is still there between tapping and <laughs> that, mm. that original memory of tapping and, and then and then that opening this world um of oh my god <laughs> i've got adhd yeah and, and how did you know here's a question when when you finally got the actual because this is the the challenge like i i had a i had someone raise this question of there's a point where you're thinking about maybe i've got adhd or dyslexia i'm thinking about it and you're doing your research and you're 97% sure, but you haven't got that official doctor's stamp, which says you have it. And, and, you know, do you remember, you know, when you got told you actually do have it, you have been diagnosed with it, you know, what was that feeling for you when you kind of, how, how did it go for you, in your mind? Um, I thought about it a lot. And, and, you know, part, the biggest worry for me was that it, I didn't have ADHD, I'll be honest, because I, I'd, I'd set myself up and, and I had family members who were like, you know, Dan, you need to, you know, what you're convinced, but what happens if they don't agree? And, and it's not, you know, it's not, um, sorry, I've got a noise here and I'm getting super distracted. So I'm trying to. No, don't sweat it, mate. It's absolutely fine. I um, I quite often run a podcast and my calendar in the background goes off with a little ding ding. And I'm just like, Hey, this is life. We carry on. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. So, um, so the question, what was the question again? So the question is, this is the thing, right? Well, hey, this is the, the moment, right? Our brains go off in different angles. Yeah, you know, yeah. if, if we can't hold our attention on something, and, you know, this is where that crossover, of, of I find, of ADHD and dyslexia goes, especially for visual-minded people. Our minds can go off so quickly down rabbit holes, mm. um, and we can picture a million different things. We can completely miss the question. It's why we forget to text message someone when we think we've already done it. And we're, we've just thought about it so clearly in our brains. It's so visually connected. 
that we run off. So, you know, what I'm trying to get at is I'm trying to remember the question myself. <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was kind of what was that feeling when you um, when you actually found out you had ADHD versus that discovery process? Yeah, so it was um, I, I was kind of like, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> you know thank thank you for the official statement and you know th this now opens up a lot of doors into you know medication included and and but it was just it was just so obvious to me and I, and I was adamant throughout and yeah there were seeds of doubt um and I think it was more it was from a place of kindness family being you know are you sure um you know not wanting me to get into um a place of like oh god what you know existential crisis then I, I've like I feel like this this curtain has been lifted, and I've found the uh, the the person that I've been looking for. Um, and yeah, I, I found out, and and it was just like, right, what what are the next steps? Like, what what I I kind of already done so much research from. I I definitely looking back now, like hyper fixated on it. Like I was I was hyper focused on HDHD, and and you know, hence why my family were like, you know, just make sure that you're not you know uh, setting yourself up for a fall in a way because i i you know it's, it's, it's a commonality for me to just get really into something um so yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't a big shock and and i think you know that's that's the key right is that it's you know and, and you know it's funny you say that because what i've noticed as well with myself and others is we can our brains a near the neurodiverse brain can go so deep into something by the time you actually get to that moment in life, there is less adrenaline because you've actually already not wasted it. Like there was, there was a partner I had years ago and I broke up with her, but I'd broken up with her for the previous nine months in my head, you know? So by the time we actually yeah. broke up, it was like I was emotionless because I'd already broken up with her nine months ago and I'd been overthinking it for so long. Um, and it's the same with business. You know, if you've got a client that you're going to lose or you, you think you might lose them, you've actually broken up. Sometimes you break up with them before you even get through the door, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think there's, a, you know, I can be, I could be what is described as cold at points when it comes to things that are, you know, quite emotional. And, and I think, yeah, you, you, you're exactly right. Living something over and over in your head does take the edge off off it in reality then which is which is a good thing in, in some in some cases it, you know that does help but it's um it's also a curse in others because you know if it's if it's something negative or if it's something um that you know is, is kind of damaging like it's not healthy to 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 repeat you know traumatic events over and over um nice. so yeah yeah this swings and roundabouts i suppose Exactly. And, and don't get me wrong, it has its, um, and this is probably, again, what you're going to find as you're, you've probably already found as you're researching all this, is how deep, you know, ADHD is, you know, a, a friend of mine, Callum McCurdy, calls it the bell curve. We sit either side of this bell curve of, of being a hypocrite, where one day we're this way, one day we're this way. You know, one thing is good, one thing is terrible. Being able to create stuff in our mind is amazing, but reliving trauma on a daily basis and living in worry and anxiety is really painful. Um, have you, have you found just being able to, you know, have a label for it? Has that been super valuable? I, I think, I think not so much the label It's it's a weird one because I I'm, you know, I'm, I've got 32 years experience of a condition, 
without a label. Um, you know, thinking that I honestly thought everyone felt the same way and, and was just, you know, at points it felt like wading through tar. Like I thought, God, life is hard, man, at points. And like, but I got through it because I was like, well, everyone's doing it. Like, I, who am I to moan or to say anything about these things or to, you know, everyone's got the, got these struggles. Everyone struggles to do this stuff. And, and when you break ADHD down to someone and you explain symptoms, this, that's what it sounds like. People are like, yeah, everyone does that. Yeah, mm. don't worry. Like, oh, everyone taps or like, and and it's and in a way, like the description of ADHD is so far removed from the reality of experiencing it. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to articulate to other people, and that's dangerous because it it means that you don't respect y- yourself. Then you don't realize that this is like that you can have damaging traits, and there are things that you need to actually like having that label is is less about wearing it as a badge more about actually understanding the 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 negative impacts it can have on your life because i'd already i'd already put in place a lot of frameworks to help support myself outside of medication then like i i've looked since learning about it i've looked at what what can i do outside it because you know it's not a silver bullet and that you've got to you've got to you've got to make changes to try and support yourself and you know what like so many of them I've already got in place. I'd already like cut away so much stress from my life, and that and that's entirely down to my partner and how and and how we've sort of built our lives together, um, and and how we've wanted to build our life a life for our daughter, and so in that case, I, I I'm we're well structured and and um able to to deal with it, but the the bits that I didn't realize were impacting me i can now actually focus on you know looking at things like medication and 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 going through that process to to try and overcome them because i've now realized that actually i'm never going to be able to fully get over these things and and part of it is accepting them and that has been the biggest eye-opener for me um because i've been brutal to myself for 32 years at points like so hard and that diagnosis, that label, whatever you want to call it, I'm still trying to work out what what, what that means to me. Um, but the instant feeling afterwards was just utter compassion for myself. Like, oh my God, like, I can't believe I was that horrible to myself for so long. And it, like, majority of the things I've done and I'm ashamed of weren't really my fault. Obviously, I've got to account for my own actions. But like they just came from a place that they always felt alien to me, and they just came from a place that really wasn't something I was fully able to control because I was completely unaware. Yeah, man, that's so well said, and I think that is that is the crux of it is is finding that level of acceptance, being able to look at the solutions you put into place, and actually be proud of them. You know, to realize how hard it has been for 32 years and and how amazing you are as a problem solver and 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 what you're saying around acceptance that is the hardest piece because our brains are so always looking for the solution and then when someone gives you a diagnosis and says actually you are this is just who you are <laughs> there you know there are there are workarounds but there's no there is no silver bullet to any of this that that just so-called fixes yourself which 
you know, over time you learn it's all about comparison and there's a bunch of stuff as well, the way our brains work um, visually, usually with ADHD as well. But, but like what you've said is just, it's, it's so true. And anyone listening, you know, that self-acceptance, however, I, I, you know, I use the phrase, it sounds a little bit wanky, but you know, self-acceptance is the key of it, right? Like it's about, mm -hmm. you know, once you can go to yourself, Hey, that's okay. I'm, I'm having a terrible day. I'm just going to watch a bit of Netflix. I need a couple of hours out to myself and that's actually fine. And I can build my business, my life, my work around my ADHD. And that's, that's perfect. I've been doing it well. I can now do it better. You know, is that kind of how you're doing it with you building your life with your wife? Is that kind of how it's happened naturally, even before the diagnosis? Yeah, I mean, um, we're not married yet, by the way. Oh, maybe, sorry. Maybe, so maybe I'll, save, I'll to... save that for the end. I didn't uh, want maybe to. I'll pop, yeah. a pro pop a proposal in there. I've, oh, actually, I've actually, I've been married once before. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a divorcee. So I, I've said to my partner, if uh, if we want to get married, I was like, I did it last time. You can do, you can do the asking this time. I was like, it's quite fun planning. That's, so. <laughs> that's, mate, that's lovely. I've, I've had, I've had a practice marriage as well. Uh, so you know, I think a lot of people with ADHD and dyslexia and neurodiversity, you know, they need that kind of experience of getting it wrong to then get it right <laughs> it's quite funny right <laughs> yeah yeah I, th I've, I found some actual some statistics on on like uh on adhd specifically and, and marriage failures if you want to call them that whatever however you want to mm. fix it up but yeah it's quite interesting um i had a i had a i did a message from from my ex-wife saying so you're your uh, diagnosis is interesting. I was like, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it just explains quite a lot of uh, my behaviors, but. Oh, I love it, mate. And I think, I think that's going to be the key in the future is that, and this is the challenge with all the statistics out there is you get ADHD, dyslexia, autism, all of these things. You know, my, and I know this is going off topic because I like a tangent as much as the next person with ADHD is, I think in the future, it's going to be once they get the diagnosis process better, you're going to kind of get a neurodiversity score of some sort, and it's going to have bars between one and 100 or one and 10 or one and 3000, who knows, that'll show you how much, how much your brain works towards ADHD, dyslexia, all these things, because, you know, so many people get to this point and go, wow, that's, you know, it's kind of first label syndrome. So if you get ADHD labeled first, that's where you hyperfocus. If you get the dyslexia label first, that's where you hyperfocus. Autism, you know, it's mad, right? Yeah, it's it, I, the biggest thing for me is actually how little I knew. Like my 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 partner Holly has dis has dyslexia. My bro my brother had dyslexia, has dyslexia, and I just even I just know so little about dyslexia, and it's around me. It's in my family. It's everywhere, and I just even with the like with the spectrum like in my head the spectrum was you have one of these things and the spectrum is from naught to 100 percent in each of those areas and they're all separate like the biggest like shock to me was like oh my god actually this mm. is all around a circle like you can be dipping and and in a way like i and i, I don't want to it's really difficult because i'm i'm in a really positive mindset about my diagnosis but i know that there's one thing i haven't wanted to do is downplay like the the impact it has on people's lives because like it can suck at points and i imagine that some of the dark times in my life have been related to symptoms of adhd as well um and the same for for other like 
parts of the spectrum. Like, I just didn't realize that it like there was a mix of of ways of thinking, and, I, and I'm already like noticing things that don't really align with with ADHD personally that maybe align with sort of or like a, a more autistic traits or and it's just really interesting this this like I've just this journey of discovery and and I've always been on it I've always known that you know nothing I I, I don't believe anything's ever finished and it's always changing like it's just life so this is just like a really exciting chapter to me and, and it's um it's just being able to now like understand myself in a way I've never been able to before i've always felt there's there's been a gap there um and now now i can start to learn more um and it doesn't just stick with adhd it's like you said you 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 start to actually realize that there's there's common threads between a lot of um a lot of these different conditions yeah, I think it's yeah, it's funny. Funny you mentioned my partner's also called Holly, just as a bit of a laugh. Maybe that's a, that's a humorous humorous moment. They, um, but yeah, and you're spot on. Like autism is the big one, right? Like autism, like you know, not being able to make eye contact for long periods of time. That's the most obvious one. It's kind of like the tapping version of, for autism. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. but the crossover is massive, right? And and this is where the world is you know, when these diagnoses, when these labels were created, they were very much, in my opinion, based on the leaf. What can you see from the external point? Naughty boys, you know, messing around in class, let's give them a label. You know, dyslexia, people putting their words backwards or letters backwards. Um, you know, those were the kind of things people would say. And then as it's gone on, people have dug deeper into causes. And what I, I find is it's all coming back to this root of neurodiversity um, down the bottom, um, which is which is really, you know, gaining this, this level of awareness. Because, you know, with dyslexia, it's all, it's about how your brain processes information. Like if you are a, if, if you imagine at the age of four, everyone is technically dyslexic because they naturally favor the visual side of the brain. And once they start to learn to read, to write, maybe they learn earlier these days, more and more, they someone some will favor symbolic learning, which is text, or they can find it real easy to see two-dimensional. But, but about 20% of the population still see things in 3D and visually. Now, you can use a lot of tactics to get around this and solve it. I don't flip numbers or letters anymore at all. Um, but naturally, my brain is visual and spatial. So when I see something, when I hear the word uh, authority is a great example, I see a picture of the police. That's my picture for authority. I don't see a verbal definition. I don't actually see, oh, the definition of authority is blah, blah, blah. So what happens is people with dyslexia, you know, and you may see this in your partner, is they are, when, you, when you're having communication issues, you're both picturing different things, completely different things, but you're saying words that are not matching. And what happens is that goes, if you don't have a plan or a structure around it, right? Has that ever, have, have you ever noticed that with your, your Holly? <laughs> yeah, for sure. This, I think, you know, I think I think Holly is my Holly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, please use, please use the mine. <laughs> um, she, she's. Um, I don't think ever really 
given herself any sort of credit for like, what she's achieved with dyslexia and we 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 work really well together and we're we're both quite calm and i'm really she she'll shut down and 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 turn off and be able to say look i don't want to <laughs> i'm not talking to you about this whereas i'm like we need to talk about this right now and you need to make me feel like i'm not like that the world isn't going to end uh because you know i haven't been able to do xyz so like we, we come out from very different angles and, and holly often calms me down um i can't think of a great example of us not meeting in the middle um but yeah she she's she's the my 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 roots then she she like grounds me and 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 brings me back down to uh to earth and puts up with me <laughs> quite a lot and that's brilliant and then that's the thing like you, you'll probably think of something at 2am so i apologize about that it'll come to your brain you'll be like oh no it's like, yeah, yeah. the perfect example <laughs> you're like this is everything i should have said but you know, and, and that's great that you found that common ground and i think that's the key there's a level of I, some there's some amazing neurodiverse couples that get together because they both have an empathy for what the other's going through intuitively, even though they don't have a, a way of saying it, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird how... Uh, so the, the people that have reached out to me, and, and this is people with, who, like with ADHD, have all been neurodivergent. Like they've all, they've all either got ADHD or dyslexia or they, they've there's something and it's, it's weird it's like it's like we seek each other out um it's like we're able to you know when you you speak to someone and you just click and there's mm. just a there's just a mutual understanding straight away and and you know that that's not that common but like when it happens it's just like oh you get i get you and you get me this is odd like what's i never understood what that was and i kind of do now so the my closest friends are you know one one of my mates is in um is in New Zealand uh no he's in Perth and he's he was diagnosed as a child with ADHD and it just ended up it, I think there was a lot of pressure back then he was on Ritalin and it, and his uh, his his grandmother was just didn't like it basically and and he didn't end up carrying on taking taking Ritalin and and you know he's gone into adulthood now where he's like we we were talking and I was like, oh man, I think I got ADHD and blah blah blah. And we we started talking about um, common things that happen, and it was just like we had a really good laugh. And and it was just like, oh my god, I've never I've never connected with you on this level, like about with these things. How how funny that we both experience and see the world in a very similar way, but we've never actually. And I've been friends with him for years, and he he was like, I just kind of forgot that. I had ADHD and it doesn't, and I just didn't think it really affected me. And then a few weeks later, and, and one of my other friends called me and was like, you know, after he moved back from, from Canada and started working again in the UK. And I was just like, I kind of forgot that I had ADHD. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not shocked that as an adult, you could kind of forget and over, overlook the fact that you were diagnosed as a child. Um, and, you know, th these are two people that, I've I've been speaking with that that are feeling the pressures of um, trying to perform um, in a society that's got the bar set really high, <laughs> like uncomfortably high. And I think it's it's not even just for people who are who are neuro 
divergent, but like just in general, I think the bar's probably set a little way off in a in a capitalist society. Like it, it's you know it's the expectations are high then, and and you don't get much out of it in a lot of cases. And you know you need to turn up to work and do this, and if you're late, you you know and all these things when you actually think about them are a load of nonsense. They're a load of pressure for no reason, and they make people very uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just. I, I I just how you attract how these people I, I don't understand I I can't still I'm trying to work it out still how 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 these people have come into my life without me even realizing um, that that why I was connecting with them why I was sort of resonating with them on such a deep deep level um, yeah you're 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 in you're into the thing to realize is near divergent people are the ones that are the real intuitives. Like they can't always see why their thoughts go down a certain track, but they just do the right thing more than they don't. And when you can start to trust that, that's when everything works in life. And it's kind of that thing where you meet these people and you go, I've attracted these people around me that are like me and mm -hmm. that get me. And I'm the same. I've got a friend, funny enough, down um, Christchurch way in New Zealand. And he... Um, he didn't realize he had ADHD, but his mum got him diagnosed as a kid. But her solution was not drugs. It was just to not tell him and to support him behind the scenes. And so he only found out when I really got deep into this. And a year or two later, he's like, wow, this is really clear that this is what I have. And um, and it kind of opened his eyes. And, and it's, it's such a it's such a truth that we that many people have forgotten they have this stuff. And they don't understand what it really means. And I think, you know, my my perspective on it is around, you know, there's a lot of people shouting mental health, mental health, which is great. But it's kind of like saying, you know, to get healthy, drink water, drink water, and not really digging any deeper than that and going, okay, why do we want to drink water? You know, a certain body types, more water, you know, whereas mental health, dyslexia, ADHD, all of these neurodiversities are such a core issue that we haven't addressed. And I think we're, you know, I don't know, my feeling, I'm not sure if you're getting this feeling as well. We're kind of at the turning of the tide where neurodiversity is, I think, is the next coming out of the closet kind of thing. I don't know if I'm going too far with that, but it's, you know, at work, especially people are starting to go, hey, I have ADHD, I have autism, you know, this is who I am, and I'm going to work my butt off, but I'm going to do it my way. It's kind of starting to slowly come out. Are you yeah, saying that? Yeah, I'd agree with you. One thing that was really sort of insightful was I posted on on LinkedIn about about my diagnosis and the amount of DMs that I got that were just like you know thanks for sharing i've just found out i'm not sure how to approach this with my employer and then you know the, these are messages from a place of fear um and I, I i'm lucky that i i don't have that i'm my own boss so i can i can look at how i can support myself and and you know enable that but like I think back to you know what what if what what if I was still in full time employment and I I've always worked for for small to medium enterprises like family owned like how how would I break that to them that actually you now need to consider my quirks much more seriously it's not just character flaws that you might have seen you know I've always been late I've always turned up late to work 
Uh, and and I, I feel like that got worse over the time because I just I just started to lean into the things that you know this makes me feel uncomfortable when I do it this way, so I'm not going to do it that way, whether you like it or not. Sack me if you if you if you don't like it, basically, because you know the quality of what I was doing far outweighed the 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 ne- the drawbacks then from it at, at that time. But I'm I've lost my train of thought now. No, it's what's I always seem to have this like I always go one level deeper I'm, I'm like explaining myself and i'm gliding and i'm like cool i know where i'm going with this and then i go and then i think oh this is a really interesting point i'll just go i'll just explain this little this little one level deeper and then i'm like yep i'm lost <laughs> oh mate it's it's um you know in the, in the grand scheme as well is that we're unemployable many of us if, if you go out on your own it's very hard to go back into a job because mm. you know if you do do it you realize you've gone back for security but you didn't go back for the bureaucracy. So it's very hard to get back in. And I think, you know, when, when you are explaining yourself, one of the dyslexic challenges we see, because again, let's, let's call it neurodiverse challenges. Cause it's, it's, and this is the languaging is really hard around all this because there's so much crossover, but a lot of the time our brains, are, if you imagine your brain is picturing what you want to say, you're visualizing, okay, I'm going to tell him this story and you've got it so clear in your head but your mouth, but your visual mind works six to 12 times faster than the way you can speak. And so what's happening is your visual mind is trying to turn it into text or, or words that I can understand. And if you get hogtied occasionally and you're not on a full, you're not completely flow focused, you can just go off in a hundred different tangents and you, the words just don't flow out. Right. And then there are other times your picture is so clear what you want to say you become this person who's speaking in metaphors and similes and, and people love how you can explain a complex problem. And that's the, that's the beauty of the kind of dyslexic visual part of the mind, which sounds, sounds like you may have, you may have had over the years. Yeah. I think that's, it's a really interesting point. You're bang on Try And I, I've, I've tried to try to shape the way I speak and think, um, you know, to try and make it more concise. And like, I work in an, I work in an area of, well, I work with brands and and brand building, and you know this is all all about capturing like feelings and and actually articulating them through through copy and messaging and 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 building a building this. Uh, it's kind of weird how I've fallen into that space actually, but but yeah, you're right. Trying to like bring a massive thought and a vi- very visual and vivid thought into into something as simple as like speaking about it is difficult. Um, it's interesting, yeah. interesting right? it's intriguing like it's, I speak to a lot of brand people who are neurodiverse very few are not shall I say <laughs> it's it's very funny like I, we've got this guy I know Tom who's exactly the same like he's such a big picture thinker and he can sell the proposition and then the biggest challenge he has is then organizing himself to deliver it and so he's had to bring non-neurodivergent people into his business to help him stay on track because otherwise he'd just be selling big ideas um and it's and it's usually the biggest biggest challenge we all have right is is trying to stay on track when something new and exciting and hyper focusing comes along that's giving us all this dopamine and we're like oh i want to do that (laughs) and why i want to play with that toy and not do the boring stuff and have you experienced you probably experienced that a lot of your life i presume yeah yeah jump jump in jump into the bit the that i like yeah that's 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 kind of that's a that's a good summary like trying to skip over the the boring bits and i mean in in some cases you can do that 
and and this you know is actually beneficial. I think it. I, I think I, I've been battling with. I, I'm at a point now where where I've got this this what I've built up in terms of expectations of myself over the last thirty two years from, you know, being an infiltrator in a neurotypical world, but actually being neuro, uh, neurodivergent, and yeah, it's it's just. I'm now trying to unpick what, what what's what's like what have I forced myself into like what feels unnatural and what fe- what what is actually going to help me going forward and what parts do I need to change like what parts can't I change it's it's really it's really difficult to to actually um to to break it down and and to yeah to unpick like learned behaviors um, and to work out what what ones are actually supporting me and what ones are not going forward. Um, yeah, I think I answered the question there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, this is just a good conversation. And this is the, there is no right or wrong on this podcast. We we just go off on tangents. We enjoy it. And, you know, it's, you know, one thing I can recommend as you're going down this journey is to really dig into visualization. You know, we do a lot of courses on that because it works and it's, um our brains are not great at always processing the how or how do we do something. We think we're good at it, but it's actually where we're putting a lot of energy. We'll focus on how do I do that? How do I do that? How do I do that? To a point, we probably stuff things up. Whereas our brains are brilliant at really focusing on an outcome we want and then just working out how to do it without us having to to do much. But if you can work out how to trust yourself in that flow, you can have anything you want. Like lives just... Uh, our brains are so powerful we just can't see how it works and, and the way I sometimes explain it to people is if you were the kid at school who could sometimes come up with that maths answer or that question answer but you really struggled to show your workings you know you just couldn't put down exactly how you worked it out you didn't come with the perfect workings and the teacher would say you've got the right answer but did you cheat because you can't show me how you worked it out it's because our brains are so quick, we can come up with the answer, but we can't show people the workings. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think, yeah, it does. I think that, that I guess I would describe that as like trusting my gut. And and, I, and I've I've done that throughout my life. Like, I, and the more I've leaned into it, the more, I mean, that's how, that's how all my coping mechanisms have been built. Like just what feels right, what doesn't feel right. And I just lean into that. And, it, and I apply that to how I work as well. So when I'm working with clients to try and help them define who they are, you know, I'm I'm normally like pretty much bang on the money with with what they're trying to get across. And sometimes, you know, we haven't actually even got anywhere near that in terms of the work that or what they've told me. I've just been able to pick it up from mm. many conversations. So it is, um, yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. And and that's, it's probably a great place to, to end is, is around trusting your gut. If you are listening to this and you are neurodiverse, you know, the secret to all this is, is trusting your intuition, trusting your gut, trusting what's happening um, and realizing, you know, you, you can, you can realize something, you can realize an answer, but not be able to explain how you got there. Um, and that's usually the challenge. So if you can work, if you can start working on that in your life, it could be super helpful. Is, is there anything you'd like to end on, Dan, to that you'd like to let anyone know who's thinking about getting diagnosed with any neurodiverse condition? Yeah, I think I think trust again, like like we said, trust you get like it, it. You know, there's no one knows you better than you, and 
if there's something that that's making you consider or, or think or look into look into a certain area like then explore it and and and, and lean into it and and get advice and reach out um like one of one of the biggest things i found when finding out about the diagnosis was 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 being able to ask for help like i think <clears throat> i've never been very good at, at doing that i've always thought no i need to be able to do this myself and it's a sign of weakness to 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 reach out um but it's not i've realized that like it's it's admirable like it's a it's and it's an important step and and by doing that you actually you help other people as well um because you share much more openly when when you when you when you're trying to get someone to see from your perspective you 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 enlighten them as well um so it's not a selfish act in any way it's actually it's actually quite kind to ask someone to to come into your world for a little moment but but yeah i just say lean lean into it. if you if you think if you if you've got an an inkling or if you've seen quite a few things that 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 align with you know the the, the symptoms then of, of of anything just just lean into it and explore it yeah, it's a great, great place to finish. Too many of us are trying to fight this battle alone. Way too many of us. And we are, on average, we, we like to think we're great at asking for help, but we are usually horrible, horrible at it because we we want to solve it ourselves. And, you know, it's it just slows the process down. And, and like, hey, I'm as guilty as you, my friend. We're, we're all we're all like that. So it's that's a great realization and a great place to finish. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm sure this will help so many people. So um, yeah, until next time, guys, it's been the truth about dyslexia. I'll be back next week. Um, have an epic rest of your day. Just before you go, I just want to let you know that we've rebranded the Confident Dyslexic to be the truth about dyslexia course. Many people were asking me exactly what it's about, who's it for, and we wanted to be really clear. It's designed for people who have just found out they're dyslexic or are just in the process of coming to terms with what it means, and they want someone to help guide them and understand that a bit more and learn how to use your brain to better serve you, your goals, your life, your success, all that cool stuff. Now we've just opened up the course to be done at any time, which is really, really awesome. It means you can jump on, you can do the course. Uh, it's all self-guided. It's using a brand new app that we only set up a few months ago and it's been working really, really well. So dive onto the link at the bottom of this podcast if you're interested, have a little look. We're running a special to kick off this new way of launching the course. Uh, until next time.